Hey guys, welcome to This Side of Cancer. My name is Art Rayburn and I am the host of this podcast. In this podcast, we talk about the physical side of cancer and the emotional side of cancer. This is season one, episode two. Uh, just to be totally upfront, I want to try to be as uh, authentic as I possibly can in this podcast. So just to be upfront, I just want to say that I had a pretty rough day today for the uh, treatments that I go through uh, and the um, reactions I have to the treatments. To uh, This last treatment was treatment number 30, and today I was pretty fatigued. I had um, a chemo brain, which is like walking around in a fog, and it was just hard to, to uh, get around today and to get things done, uh, but I did start feeling better in the afternoon, and Things got a little better after that, but it was a rough morning. It was a, a, a rough part of the first after, uh, first part of the afternoon, but it did get better. Um, what I want to talk about today, and the reason I bring that up, is because my reaction to treatment is, I guess you could say, severe at times, hard to deal with. But I wanted to, I want to talk about this. There's a, there's a quote that goes like this. I cried because it had no shoes until I met a man who had no feet. Let me say that again. I cried because I had no shoes until I met a man who had no feet. Now, that quote can be attributed to many different people, all the way from uh, Tolstoy to Helen Keller. And many times people will just write that quote and they'll have the uh, underneath it unknown. The idea of the quote is that no matter how bad our situation might be, just as I was explaining the difficulty I had this morning, no matter how bad that day might be, there's always someone who has it worse than what I have had or what you might have had or what some other individual might have had. There's always someone who's had a worse day than you've had. Now, I think I came across two such people uh, this past week while I was having my um, uh, chemo pump removed, my medicine pump removed uh, um, at, the, um, at the doctor's office this week. Uh, this past Thursday, while having my medicine pump removed and, and, and receiving fluids to help me with my fatigue and just to feel better and to get around, I met two such people. Now, first, let me explain what a medicine pump is if, if you don't know what this is. Uh, when I get my chemo treatment, uh, I have a port that's in the upper part of my chest underneath my right shoulder blade. And they, um, in that port, they will give me my chemo. And at the end of my chemo treatment for that day, they will attach this pump. It looks like a little ball that is attached to that. And for the next 48 hours, I have more chemo going through my system. And then 48 hours later, I go back and they take that medicine pump out. Now, on the day that they were taking out the medicine pump, I was in the infusion room and I was sitting between two individuals that were uh, cancer survivors. And the infusion room was full, so they put me in what they called the VIP room, but you know what? It was just a joke. There's nothing VIP about that room. It's just a little room off to the side, and there were two other individuals in there. And over the time, we were talking, and I heard them talking to each other, and then I was brought into the conversation, different things. So here, here's the situation. On my left, there's an individual, a man who has had cancer for 14 years. 
14 different kinds of cancer, he told me, over that 14-year period. They would, they would treat one, and it would get better, and then he would have another cancer come, and, and they would start treating that, and he had been dealing with that for 14 years. And during that 14-year period, his son, his grown son, had passed away, and so now he was being taken care of by his granddaughter. And I could tell by listening to him talk that he was very appreciative of his granddaughter taking care of him, but there was still something just missing. You know, he missed his son. Uh, I could tell that he was used to the treatments, but, um, you know, I guess you never get used to them. But yeah, he was tired of the treatments. You know, 14 years, that is a long time to to be receiving chemotherapy. Now, on the plus side, that is probably what is keeping him alive. And so that's the positive side. The negative side is all the side effects that come with chemotherapy that he has dealt with for 14 years. Myself, I've only been dealing with uh, chemotherapy for a little over a year and a half, uh, 30 treatments. He's had 14 years of it. Now to my right, was an individual, uh, a single woman, elderly single woman, and she had moved to Texas from another state uh, uh, on the behest of her brother. Her brother had asked her to move down here. And once she got here, she was diagnosed with cancer. So she gets to Texas, she's diagnosed with cancer, and her brother then is unable to help her at that point uh, to get back to the doctor's office, to get back and forth to treatment. And when she tries to, to find out if there's some way that she can get a ride or somebody can help her with this, she, there's nobody out there that can help her with this treatment. Nobody can help her to get from point A to point B and back to point A. So this lady had to drive herself to treatment. And as she told me, as we were talking on her way home, now she did live in town, but on her way home, when, when treatment first started, she would have to pull over to the side of the road and throw up and then get back in the car and get started again and get back to home where she was all alone. She was by herself. And during that time, there was no one there to help her, um, get back and forth to treatment. Now, she also told me of the horrible side effects that she had had through this treatment. And her treatment was different than mine, so I, I don't know all the different side effects she had, but the ones that she had told me just sounded very, very harsh and uh, unbearable to the point that she had to go back in. The, the side effects were so bad she couldn't stay hydrated. So at first she had to go back and forth at least three times a week just to get hydrated, just so she could continue on. Now, saying that the side effects of my chemo treatment are easy would be, um, is not true because they're not easy. Uh, anybody out there who's going through chemotherapy uh, or any treatment for their cancer will know that the side effects to the treatment can be very difficult at times. But this past week was an eye-opening experience for me by listening to and talking to these individuals and realizing that there are a lot of people out there who have it a whole lot worse than I do. Your side effects might be less than mine. They might be more severe than mine. Uh, they might be very similar to mine. I don't know. But as a follower of Christ, I am to be concerned about all individuals. 
Philippians 2, 3, and 4 says this, Do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interests of others. Now, let's look at verse 4 first. Let me take this verse first. It says, Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. We are living in a very narcissistic culture. It's the me, me, me attitude out there. And even many people who claim to be concerned about others are really just interested in the praise and, you know, the, the voting rights and, and, and gaining notoriety and gaining voters and things like that. They're interested in those things or they're interested in the pat on the back that they get for doing, quote, these good deeds. Look, we guard against, we, we should guard against such selfish motives, but at the same time, we care for others. Guard against selfish motives, but care for others. As I was sitting in the infusion room uh, with these two individuals, I realized that in my situation, I just simply couldn't do a whole lot physically for them. I, I couldn't take them back and forth to treatment. I, there's just not a lot I could do. But I could do one thing. I could pray for them. And so I did. And I'm not saying that to brag or, or whatever, because I wouldn't even consider myself a great prayer warrior. But I lifted them up in prayer the best I knew how in a, a, a brief prayer for each one of those individuals. I also realized that even though their cancer journey is different than mine, at this point in time, all three of us have two things in common. Number one, all three of us have terminal cancer, and there is no cure. Like I've said before, I remember uh, specifically the doctor telling me three times in, in one session that there is no cure. And I know by talking to these two individuals that there was no cure for their cancer, even though they've been in treatment a lot longer than I have. The second thing I realize is this. The second truth is this about all three of us. God loves each one of us dearly. I don't think either one of them had received salvation in Jesus Christ, or at least it was not expressed, but I know that Jesus loves them dearly and desires for them to receive him and to receive his salvation, just as he wants me and everyone else to have that salvation in him. I think verse 3 of Philippians 2 is actually the most difficult part. The most difficult part is verse 3. It says, Do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. According to the Bible, each and every one of us is born with a sin nature, and it's difficult to overcome this me, me, me attitude, this narcissistic attitude, which I talked about earlier. It's just very difficult difficult to go beyond that and to look at the suffering of other people and to be concerned about them. Um, and especially hard to overcome it when you're in chemotherapy or you're being treated for cancer or you're being treated for uh, some other debilitating or life-threatening disease. It's very difficult to not think about yourself and to think about other people. I, I think we can be honest about that. And there are a lot of people today who are on their cancer journey 
And we need to stop being so focused on self and we need to start thinking about those individuals because those individuals simply need a small touch. And it can be something as simple, uh, a, a touch of kindness. It can be something as simple as to minister to those around you who are worse off than you are. Maybe it's giving them a lift to and uh to and from uh, their treatment, or maybe it's taking groceries to them during the week, or maybe it's just listening to them as they talk about their cancer journey, or maybe it's just praying for them. Maybe you know some specific individuals that are going through the cancer journey right now, and you just simply need to lift them up in prayer. Whatever it is, show a little kindness. And I guess that's really what this podcast is all about, this episode is all about, is how we just need to take our focus off self because there's always someone out there who has it worse than I do. So we need to take our focus off self and focus on them. In the book of Numbers, God told Aaron and his sons to bless the sons of Israel with this little prayer. And I think this is a great way to not only end this episode, but to end each podcast episode that I have. So I pray this same prayer for you in number 6, 20 through 26. It says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. And that's the real thing. May he give you that peace that only comes through knowing and having that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I thank you for listening today, and I'll talk to you next time. Have a great week.